And you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and you're joined by myself, Lawson. We got Matthew as well and we are going to be getting into straight away, off the bat, our next quiz question. And that is, friends, in Malachi 1, what kind of sacrifices did the priest offer that displeased God? Mm, In Malachi 1, what kind of sacrifices did the priest offer that displeased God? Mm, absolutely. Hey, 0491 is the number to text. You know the answer to those ones? You can go into the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week. Preaching from the Grave, a story of faith from the Rwanda genocide by Fiditis Nadayam Gabe. We've actually, we've given away this book before on The Breakfast Show, so that's how I've, I've gotten so good at saying the name because I've had some practice. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw this, I'm like, all right, I need to practice saying this name and uh, i'm still might be wrong but um we've also got the man the anzacs revere the story of william mckenzie the anzac chaplain both of these guys just in such hectic circumstances yet standing for their faith and also trying to enable and allow others to come to faith too so just really really powerful stuff these are books that you want to get they are absolute Page turners. And again, that number is 0491-064-669. I just want to get that question for us one more time, Matthew. Oh, gladly. In Malachi 1, what kind of sacrifices did the priest offer that displays God? Mm, amazing. Hey, awesome interview with Ken Duke, Adventist Senior oh, Living, wasn't it? talking about the things that are going on there. Do you have a dog? I have, have dogs pets? when not that current but i had a dog when i was a young fella uh, mm. named shadow mm-hmm. and he was a mix of a boxer and a border collie ah awesome and oh man they do things to you animals they touch you in an area i mean, I, I strongly believe and that, that so many humans cannot because they have such a compassion yeah Oh, absolutely. At the moment, I mean, growing up, so my childhood dog was named Tess and I was born when Tess was like one or two and oh, Tess cool. like passed away when she was 12 or 13. So Which would have made like, you about four, maybe? Or, four or five. Or five. No, 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 no. I was born when she was one or two yeah. and she passed away when she was 12. So I was, I was like 10 when she, 10, 11 when she passed away. Oh, because I, I thought that dog years, which is a bit. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I mean, in dog years, she's like 80 or something. Oh, yes, know. yes. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm talking, I'm talking in literal years. Literal years. Literal yeah. years. Sorry. She, she, uh, she passed away when she was 12, 13, something like that. Yeah. And so I grew up with, with Tess, with this dog. She was a, a, cattle dog and just like lived outside run around and just hang out and do do cool things and yeah just love life i think that was the real thing and then after that you know we've had some dogs so my mum has this dog at the moment named Gigi, and her and Gigi have been all over australia with each other Oh wow! Like they have been to, like they've been they've been everywhere. They've they've been all the way up north to to the very top of you know Queensland. There, Cape been, York and all that. yeah, Cape York. They've been through Darwin. They've been down to Western Australia. My mum did this big round Australia trip with a caravan on the back Whoa. and took Gigi with her. And and now you know Gigi, my mum, she's she's bought a house recently and living in the house with Gigi. It's just I, I get to go over sometimes, look after Gigi or dog sit you know when my mum heads off or goes somewhere look after look after Gigi and and yeah just just really cute well, well, it begs the question if you don't mind um what's the any stories behind the names like how did their names get called I, oh, you a lot about I mean 
Well, yeah, why, why shadow? So shadow, most people call their dog shadow because, you know, your, your shadow follows you. Ah, and so the dog does sure. follow you. Mainly because I like ninja movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I wanted to have a ninja dog. You want to have a ninja dog. That's yeah. so cool. Mate, Shadow's an epic name. Absolutely. I mean, for our dogs, Tess is, was a girl called, called a Tess. Oh, and then I think Gigi, my mum is like really into like Italian, Italy cut kind of stuff. You know, my mum's been to Italy a number of times. She's like, Italy's just like, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's part of her personality, so to speak, but it's just, she just loves Italian things. So Identifies with, loves G- the culture. Gigi. Gigi the dog. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Hey, tell us about your, if you have any pets this morning, if you have some amazing pets that you really love to spend time with, let us know. 0491-064-669. That is the number to text us on. Tell us what their names are. Maybe funny story with your pets, you know. Hey, listening to the breakfast show this morning, and we are going to get into our lesson today, our Bible study. We're continuing on with the mission to the powerful, which has been such an awesome topic to consider. We are given advice that is essentially along the lines that the powerful are often neglected when it comes to ministry because we view them as a people who aren't necessarily vulnerable. We then say, oh, you know, how can we reach them or how can they be reached or what, what message does Jesus have for them? And the reality is, is you know, I read this amazing quote out early this week is that, you know, those who are high in the world for their education, for their you know their their status or their wealth are seldom addressed with questions regarding the soul absolutely and this should not be so it, it, we should be able to bring the gospel to people who are in powerful or rich positions and this is because they have needs absolutely <laughs> their needs maybe aren't money and uh, like i might not be able to contribute to their situation whether it's food or money whatever but whether it's social or, or whether it's you know regarding mental health or whatever it may be these people have needs and we have a message a biblical message that has the ability to reach the soul despite richness or despite power or despite whatever it may be we have a message that can touch people we're going to be spending time today in two passages matthew chapter 19 as well as luke chapter 19 but we're going to begin in matthew chapter 19 yesterday we saw the story of nicodemus and i'd love to ask you matthew what was nicodemus's reaction to jesus's interaction with with him like comes to him you know you see like they have this conversation about being born of the spirit being born of water jesus is very direct he's like hey nicodemus you're a teacher in israel you need to understand what i'm talking about here being born of the spirit uh, but then we see jesus again begins to expound on, on what it means to live a life you know following god what it is that god's mission god's mission is to the world and of course opens up and 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 one of the most famous verses in the bible john chapter 3 and verse 16 would come from that you know for god so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son we see this all of this information shared with nicodemus What's Nicodemus's reaction to that? I believe he's, uh, you know, I'm glad you asked that question because uh, there's, there's another story that precedes it. It's the one about the woman of Samaria. Uh, or it's somewhere in that context. It could be after, actually. I could be wrong. But I know those stories are not far from each other. And what's interesting, the woman of Samaria, she was you know, one of the calling of um, marrying uh, a person. She had multiple husbands, mm. and not living in a, in, a, in a sanctioned, godly sanctioned mm. marriage. Yet 
after the Lord God revealed her circumstance, Jesus, uh, mm. she went away rejoicing about it. Yeah. Now Jesus appears to Nicodemus. Nicodemus reveals, yep. like I said, John three sixteen. Um, mm. Yeah, about the spirit. You know, the, where the wind goes uh, as a metaphor. No one knows where it comes from. No one knows mm. where it's going. Mm. Blowing his mind away. Yeah, and you think you go away rejoicing, like wow, come, come, um, my my Pharisee, uh, you know, priestly friends and leadership. Yeah. No, he's actually <laughs> he doesn't do that. Yeah, you know? we see he's, he's, the cogs are turning instead. That's right. So because and we talked about this yesterday, like Nicodemus as a Pharisee, as likely a member of the Sanhedrin as well, yeah, leader had, a, a leader in Israel, both spiritually and politically. There would have been lots of pressure on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Regarding, and, and that is obviously why he met Jesus by night. Yes. But there would have been lots of pressures on, on his shoulders regarding his stance on these kinds of issues, and and he could lose his career or opportunities or whatever it may be by associating with Jesus. He can see already when he enters the conversation with Jesus, he's like, "Hey, I can see you're a teacher come from God," because no one else does the signs of the miracles. But then Jesus convicts him mm-hmm. and says, "Listen, Nicodemus, buddy." You need to be born of the Spirit. Spirit. You need to accept the Holy Spirit into your life. You need to be led by God. The tide is against the Pharisees. This is what we were talking about yesterday. The tide is against the way of the Pharisees, the leaven of the Pharisees, Ooh. the style of the Pharisees. He says the tide is against this. You know yeah. What God has actually got to share with you is against this, and you need to really think about this. You hit on the nail because you just shared about the Spirit. It's mm. a spirit against their own spirit. It's a spirit mm. of self. This is a spirit where you mentioned John 3.16. Yeah. It's a spirit of love. Spirit of it's love. Sure yeah. Yeah. And so because of this, but it's amazing to see that eventually we see firstly Jesus being stood up for by Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, Nicodemus, you know, at Jesus's death being one of the people who are in mourning and supporting the disciples and whatnot. So it's amazing to see that Nicodemus's reaction to that was eventually, yes, it took some time. He had some things to work out, but he accepted Jesus. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. But now we come to another ruler here. Another rich, influential person in Matthew chapter 19. Let's pick it up in verse 16. If you could read to us through to verse 22, if you get that for us, Matthew. Gladly. And it says this. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that Mm. is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Mm. Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Mm. But the young man heard that saying, and he went away sorrowful. Why? For he had great possessions. I love your reading voice, by the way, Matthew. Awesome stuff, deep, profound. Now, this story is is super interesting because we see someone here come to Jesus and seemingly, like, from the outside perspective, get it all right in a way. So, rich young ruler rocks up. 
comes to Jesus in reverence. Like, this is a person of status. This is a person who is like, okay, what was he the ruler of? And no specification is made, whether he was the ruler of a house or a manor or, or whether he had some kind of um, political influence. Maybe he could have been a governor. Like, we, we don't know. If it was a governor, probably not, because there would have been a, a lot more attraction to the scene and the scenario, like we see in, say, the Book of Acts and whatnot. But... Regardless, this is a person of status, yet they show up in humility to Jesus to learn from him and to directly ask the question, what should I do? What good thing, good teacher, what good thing shall I do to inherit eternal life? And you're like, man, this guy's ticking the boxes. Absolutely. Like he's getting everything right here. You know, if we were able to see the rich and the powerful do the same in our world, it's like, oh, how much better would the world be? Absolutely. And Jesus says to him, you know, why do you call me good? No one is good but but one, that is God, which we might not fully dive into this morning because there's some debate regarding whether this either supports or denounces Jesus' <laughs> status as God as a part of the Trinity. I think it obviously supports his status as a part of the Trinity. The point that Jesus is trying to make is that, hey, why do you call me good? He's questioning what he's saying here. It's like, why do you call him good? No one is good but but one, that is God. Jesus does not say, I am not good. Like, Jesus does not say, I am not God. He says, why do you call me good? There is only one good, that is God. At least and the source of it. Isn't that's it? right. And who is Jesus? Jesus God. <laughs> um, but if you want to you know, enter into eternal life, keep, keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. And fair enough, you know, we might make some more clarifications as we work through this passage. But Matthew, would you say keeping the commandments is... A positive thing or a negative thing? I believe what should be asked to answer that question appropriately is from what motive are we keeping? Sure. Okay, we won't get into motive yet. No, we no. won't get into motive yet. We, I want to jump into motive in a little bit because that's really what we see later in this passage. Yeah. But Just in a general whole, sense, is keeping, keeping the commandments a good thing? I believe it is. In the sense of overall, if you look at this dualistic world we're in where they don't believe, the fixed folk that don't believe in God, atheism, and mm. folk that do. Mm. Uh, amongst the myriad of religions that are out there, mm. one of the arguments with um, uh, evolution, evolution to give you mm. uh, what I think is where you're going. Mm. Evolutionists believe you don't need to have a God who, disp- who gives a sense of morality. Sure. So they're saying you could be moral without a moral depositor. Yeah. Where we as Christians believe contrary. Yeah. We believe that has to come from somewhere. It doesn't get, you know, like the Big Bang, they say, boom, and next you know, there's, there's the universe. It doesn't go, boom, and there's the Ten Commandments. Yeah. There's morality. Yeah. So well. they're trying to do that for that as well. Yeah, that's right. So, I love what you're saying there, Matthew, because it's logically inconsistent, it's inconsistent. to say that, the, that morality comes from nowhere, mm. especially that it comes from a world that, according to evolutionists say, is engineered <laughs> to to breed out morality or, say, Western sensibilities of morality. And even Eastern sensibilities, but like monogamy, for example, or like not murdering each other or not stealing. All of those things in an evolutionary sense positively benefit the reproduction of maybe not killing each other because, I mean, yeah, but your success as an individual in an evolutionary world is determined by the amount of reproduction you can cause. Absolutely. And monogamy definitely stands against that. 
uh, you know, stealing and it definitely stands against that. Yes. You know, all of these things. Yet, for some reason, we have this moral sense in us. Now, the rebuttal from evolutionists is like, okay, if you want to be logically consistent in that sense, well, where does God come from? And, it's, and that's the thing. That's what we believe and that's what we say to answer that question is that at, at some point there is an uncaused cause. Yes. But that can't happen after the cause. No. That has to happen before the cause. Absolutely. Like there, there needs to be something before, before. before. And then yeah. this is the realm of theology we call cosmology, you know, getting into beginnings and origins. Maybe you're listening this morning, you're like, I don't really care. What's the deal with this rich young ruler? And look, keeping the commandments, the point we're trying to make is that keeping the commandments, being a good moral person, a moral citizen, is it benefits, a... It benefits society. It yeah. benefits society, but it benefits our, you know, our fellow brother and sister. I think yeah. it is... It is definitely an ideal. It is an, a, it is a godly ideal. And let's take it away from salvation just for a second. I know this is in the context of salvation, but it's definitely a positive ideal to say, I want to keep the commandments to fellow, like to bless my fellow brother, my fellow sister. I want to not steal from Matthew because that's the right thing to do. I want to not kill Matthew because that's the right thing to do. I want to, I want to not lie to Peter. We've got producer Pete in the studio this morning because that is the right thing to do. And also, neither of you want me to do those things to you. Absolutely. Right? No, please so, don't. so that's just good etiquette and whatnot. No. But again, in the, in the context of eternal life here, we're talking about, and, and you brought up motive. And we're going to get into motive a little bit. Keeping the commandments of God is not a requirement to be saved. We know this very clearly because of what the Bible says. We give you an example like the thief on the cross. Hanging up there, no ability to go and keep all the commandments after he's literally hanging on a cross for being a thief. Or do a Bible study. Or do a Bible study or get baptized or whatever it may be, yet he receives eternal life because of repentance. But the natural outflow of repentance and a relationship with Jesus would be to keep the commandments. Yes, But also, again... The commandments are worth keeping from another perspective, and that is that they're in the in the society that we live in, which again is despite and against the evolutionary systems that we live in, it is beneficial to treat people well because you receive some level of, of loyalty and yep. and fellowship and, and what it's it's a positive thing to respect for respect. That that's right. And even like the most evil people in the world, they still had their close circle, their family who they treated well and it's you know, it's a sad situation that they had to make those differentiations. It's like treat everyone well. And this is the call of Christians, right? That's right. This is where Christianity differentiates itself. This is where Jesus differentiated Christians and said you know, love your friend, but I say love your enemies. And that sets up this question I'd like to give or pose to you, whether we answer with time now or in the next segment, mm. which is Jesus addressed the Pharisees because, as we heard of the word legalism, but also in the context of they live by the law militantly, where mm. he was trying to refer to to live by the spirit of the law. Mm. Absolutely. And so in this case, he says, look, do you keep the commandments? It's a reflection of, you know, your love for God because it's something that God has asked you to do. Yeah. Uh, and, and he says, which ones? And then Jesus lists a bunch of commandments. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Honest your father and your mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Some of these I've never participated in, like murder, for example. And some of them I have personally participated. I've definitely Born false witness to me. I've definitely lied. Me too. And, and, you know, we're, we're all in that place where we have fallen short of the commandments. And, you know, Jesus is going through here. Well, this is, this is the standard of, you know, God's ideals towards people. 
And it's it's interesting because we could say like, oh man, like we've definitely fallen short of this. This rich young ruler, not so. He responds, he says, all these things I have kept from my youth. Like a soldier, military. What do I lack? Like, exactly. this guy can stand there and, and bold face, and I don't necessarily believe he's would- lying here, mm. but he's like, Jesus, I've done this. Like, I have done this. I am there with you. I, I like, I am, yeah, I, I'm legit. I'm legit. Like, and we see then, following this, He's then very pre- – like, again, this is this is pressing to me. Like, man, this guy can confidently say that he's done all these things. But we follow this and we see, oh, man, he continues to be pressed. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning here on Faith FM. And right now, mate, it is time to get into our last quiz question for the day. Do you want to get that for us, Big Matthew? Love to. Malachi 2. What did God threaten to spread on the priest's faces? Mm. Mm, this is an interesting one. So in Malachi 2, what did God threaten to spread on the priest's faces? Wow, to spread on the... This, oh. is, this, this is a stomach turner <laughs> this a, morning. That's right. That's tough. Hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you can bring yourself to answer the question. Hey, then do it. Again, it's from Malachi 2. What did God threaten to spread on the priest's faces? I've got to say it. I've got to say it, Lawson. This is going to be in your face. Oh, yikes. Oh, <laughs> man. Not only a gross answer, but some 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 gross jokes. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. Of course, amazing prizes. Preaching from the grave for Ditus Nidae Mgabe, as well as the man's the Anzacs revered. Hey, we're going to continue in Matthew chapter 19. We're talking about the rich young ruler so far. And we get to verse 20 here. And the young ruler, he said, all these things I've kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus, I don't murder, I don't commit adultery, I don't steal, I don't lie, I honor my father and my mother, and I love my neighbor as as myself. Like, what do I, what else do I have to do? You know what that statement sounds like? It's, you remember the uh, uh, when God was trying, Jesus was trying to explain the parable of justification, mm. and he talked about those two men who went into the temple, <laughs> the publican and the. Mm. Um, yeah, that other guy said and something the similar. The Pharisee. Yeah. He, he, he showed himself around the temple, you know, tithing his mint and his cumin. <laughs> uh, but the publican did not even look to the temple, you know, beat his chest and said, God, you know, forgive me for I am a sinner. And Jesus' response to that is like the publican went away more justified than the Pharisee. But in response to this, Jesus raises here. He says, okay, good on you. You've done all those things. Jesus says to him, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Do you think that's a tough ask? Well, I was going to load up the question to to kind of set it up for this particular Mm. question you just asked, which is, would you give up your bike, your laptop, <laughs> Avondale degree? Uh, yeah, that's, of course. Wait, that's such a good question, yeah. dude. I mean, because, because, oh man, as soon as you say something like that, right? I feel like oh, I 
need it. I need this stuff. I need it. Yeah. You know, I I was exposed, okay, down in Canberra. I had kind of kept it a secret on the radio that I had lost my license. Yeah. And then I was down there and Robbie Bergen decided to to fully out me as I I uh I lost my license. I don't want to get necessarily into all the details, but I'm currently in a period of my life of Transition. Licenselessness. And I do want to say that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't drink driving. I wasn't doing 70 Ks over. I wasn't like, it was, it was an accumulation of points over time. And I very much learned my lesson so much. So to the point where like, I, I didn't get a fine for a couple of years. Cause I was on one point I was driving well and then, you know, got done and, and I've lost my license. Anyways, that being said, I've done it myself too, three times. Yeah. We're, we're, Guys, forgive me. I'm not perfect. Uh, you know, we we all fall short of the glory of God, and and yeah, like I think irresponsibly driving and putting putting people in danger is a terrible thing. And you know, I I don't want to proliferate that. I don't want to be that. That being said, like in that situation, I thought like before that, I'm like I could never live without my license. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever in my life. Now that being said, you know, I'm I'm a couple months deep now, and. I've been looked after by people. Matt drove me here this morning, got my bicycle I ride into the studio, people getting getting me around and whatnot, and I've been able to like like be supported and particularly by my my family and my church family. Like people have looked after me. Like I've been really, really blessed and and people have made allowance for me i've been able to get where i've needed to go i'm preaching this weekend at newcastle union it's like oh man how am i going to get there you know i've already lined up my ride everything <laughs> like like god is good god is good, god is good. Uh, but in this case like this guy's a rich young ruler person of status person of wealth and the charges made here hey give up everything you are you know go and sell it all and come follow me like literally the offer is made here come and be like one of the personal disciples yes and his response to this is that he goes away sorrowful. Now, I've, I've considered this a little while. I'm like, this, this is kind of harsh from Jesus because we see that, you know, Nicodemus wasn't asked to do this. No. Joseph of Arimathea wasn't asked to do this. Zacchaeus wasn't. Zacchaeus wasn't asked, Zacchaeus wasn't asked to do this. We're not going to get to Zacchaeus today. We no, might pick, him, pick it up tomorrow. Yeah. Zac- Matthew, Matthew, the tax collector, wasn't Matthew, the tax collector, wasn't asked. Matthew, like, these people followed Jesus, yes, but they weren't asked to give up every single possession that they owned. What's the deal with the rich young ruler here? And I think the heart of it gets to, you know, when we consider some of the commandments that were left out in Jesus' list, one of the commandments that was was left out was that of um, uh, covetousness, which is very much relating to, to, you know, money and possessions and wealth and things like that. But the other one that's left out here is Love God with all your heart, your mind, and all your soul with yes. everything that you have. You know, he says, love your neighbor as yourself, but he doesn't say, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And so what I think Jesus is alluding to is the fact that the thing that would enable you to be able to firstly keep the commandments and to do this is out of basically whatever God is calling you to do, whether it's Nicodemus to forego status, whether it's the rich young ruler to forego possessions and wealth. And that's the thing that, that's the very thing that keeps him from doing this is that he has great possessions of wealth. The thing that would enable you to take these steps is out of a love for God. Yeah. And that love for God is not something that God is even calling us to completely manifest on our own accord. You know, God knows that we fall short and he offers us the Holy Spirit. He offers us provision 
to be able to love him more. He offers us support. It's a win-win situation. God is offering everything he possibly can so that he, we can love him, so that we can follow him and, and all of these things. Absolutely. I've got two ways of phrasing that. Mm. To help those, like this young rich ruler, he's what we call he was self-possessed. So all he's giving, he feels he's giving it from a source of himself. He doesn't have the heart of God. He doesn't have the heart transplant of God. Mm. Where we should get to a point where, where we are possessed by the Holy Spirit. That's right. Where the Galatians chapter 5, verses 23, talks about those nine fruits of the Spirit. Mm. But at the end of it, this is the crucial part, which is so good. It says in verse 24, against such there is no law. Mm. There's no law against doing good. Because the problem with the Pharisees, they knew the law. But they weren't living by the law within that law, which Jesus did. I didn't come to do away with the law. I come to fulfill it. Mm. Can I give you one classic example? When it says thou shalt not steal, mm. what does it mean? To, to Jesus, it didn't mean to be a good Pharisee and just don't steal. It also meant what I do, I give. Mm. The opposite. What's it mean? Um, thou shalt not kill. I don't Oof. just kill. What do I do? I just sit back, don't kill? No, I go and I go preserve life. Wow. That's why it's bringing folk back to the dead, the Isaiah Commission. Oh. Um, you know, what else does it say? It's powerful. Um, you know, Thou shalt not covet, yeah. but no, thou shalt look on you know, the needs of others more yes. important than the needs of yourself. Yes. You have the opposite heart, mm. only that God has wow. to give to you. Heart transplant like that. And the compulsion to do this is one that comes from a relationship with God, a love of God, and by the power of God. Mm. And that's the very thing that this yes. rich young ruler didn't have. And he had given up. For riches and possessions' sake. He had sold it off. He said, I would rather have the possessions than this love of God. And his life could have been amazing. This could have been a a, a biblical success story of someone who he gave away his possessions, lived with, you know, could have done so much. He could have been, he could have been with Peter and John and James, the disciples. We could remember his name in history, but he's left nameless because instead he decided to be rich. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we are, mate, just being blessed. We just had Danuta and Keith in the studio with us. I wanted to get them on the on the show. and missed the I wanted I wanted them to get, get them on the mics, but they just would not do it. It's just they're, they're truly like, Danuta's like, all right, we're taking our time off. We're, we're really... Taking it off. But, hey, they're heading out to Brewarina, actually, out western New South Wales to catch up with the church plant that they started out there. Now, Keith and Danuta, like, they are just amazing awesome. people doing incredible ministry. They're now here situated in the Newcastle area and doing some, you know, lots of more... Well, at SIM, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders ministry, as well as getting into some more administration, departmental directory, really looking after, you know, the ministers and the churches as a whole, you know, as a connection uh, or as a conference of churches. But it's it's amazing to hear their story of how they're able to work in in a community out west, you know, with people of of Aboriginal background, of people, you know, low socioeconomic economic areas yeah. and to really bless the people out there and to lead them to Christ. And obviously, yeah, planning a church out there and now heading out to there over the weekend as well. So we wish them just an amazing weekend too in in yeah, connecting with those guys. And they, they came actually they picked up some uh some USB sticks which I just assumed, you know, had some photos and some good things and I'm I'm sure they're gonna do some some reminiscing and some yeah, just some amazing, amazing, amazing work. But yeah. 
Hey, we have come to the time in which we don't have any questions to ask, rather just answers to give. And so let's run through those. If you can, let's, let's, you can get that for us, Matthew. Absolutely. So what is the last book of the Old Testament? What is the last book of the Old Testament? The answer there is, have you seen the whole theme of the question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Malachi. Malachi, of course. You know, this Malachi is a funny book. And uh, I remember the first time I ever read the word Malachi, I said Malachi. Malachi. That's kind of how it <laughs> looks to be spelled. I didn't come from a, a Christian background. And I, I, I'd known Malachi's growing up, but their names weren't spelt like this. They, they had a different spelling. And, but then it's, this is, I'm like, Malachi. And then the person who I was saying with is like, oh, good joke. You know, he like the Italian prophet. Like he's like, thought I was joking around, but I just really didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was like, Malachi. I was like, yeah, it was a joke. Anyway. <laughs> So we've got Malachi there. Hey, let's keep going. In Malachi 1, God said he loved Jacob but hated whom? And that's Esau. He hated Esau. Mm, okay. Now, I, I thought I'd give some context. We don't like to associate God with hating people. Mm. It, we know Jesus loves the sinner but hates the sin. Mm-hmm. It's what people do mm. in the context. So free. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think in that context too, it's like, okay, the reason Esau was actually originally favoured by God. In the beginning. Yeah. That's because he had the birthright. That's right. And then he gave up his birthright for pot of a pot of stew. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's like, okay, like th- that favour that you had received being, and by favour we mean that he he had the role of being in the, the lineage, the succession of the family of Abraham. Mm. You know, we often see God identifies himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. There, there was a point in history where he would have said, Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But Esau had given that up for a pot of stew, and it's like, hey, that, that favor was taken away from Yeah, he sacrificed his identity, didn't he? Uh, yeah. He just, and that, because I think, correct me if I'm birthright, was because as the father passes away and the eldest has the birthright, he's the new caretaker. That's right. Okay. He's the new representative of the family, and, and particularly in the lineage of the Israelites that he now represented of God's people. Yeah. Now, in Malachi 1, what nation might try to rebuild, but God would crush them? That was Edom. Yeah, the Edomites. Edomites. A, a very large, you know, prolific ancient empire. But uh, but yeah, you know, would never came back. Never came back again after mm-hmm. their destruction. They're totally gone. Mm. And, and in Malachi one, what kind of sacrifices did the priest offer that displeased God? Mm. So they offered the blind, the crippled, and the diseased. Yeah, not people, by the way. This They're is the conditions. The, well, the, yeah, well, the conditions of the sacrifices themselves. Yes. Uh, they're not blind people, no. crippled people, or diseased people. But, like, you know, the requirement was is that you brought the, the best lamb that you had, yeah. and it was, the, you know, the spotless lamb. And, but, it, but even if, if your best lamb, if your one lamb was, you know, blind or, or crippled or whatever it may be, like, if whatever you could bring, the best of what you could bring, that's what you bring. And it's like, um, what kind of sacrifices did God was, you know, did the priest offer that God was displeased? And the whole point was that they were bringing in, you know, they're bringing in the worst of the flock. Yes, no, they're just like, ah, you know, we'll bring these ones in because we can get rid of them. But God here, he's like, no, like, you need to bring the best to me. That's it. That's it. Even the nail. Thank you. Now, in Malachi 2, what did God threaten to spread? Oh, faces? this is gross. Oh, it is. This is gross. Fecal matter or dung or dung. Dung or the word, the other word here is awful, which is, you know, awful. have you eaten awful before? You know how it sounds? It sounds awful. It sounds awful. Yeah, no, it is. It's actually <laughs> on Anzac Day, every Anzac Day, my dad eats awful. Oh. And that's because it's not dung, by the way. It's not. It's dung. <laughs> dung, dung, is, dung is dung. No, awful is, uh, awful is like lamb's brain. 
and okay. it's what they were you know a lot of the soldiers were eating in during during the war because that's you know they utilized everything uh that the uh, the animals had to that's offer right. and i'm so glad we're not at war and we don't have to eat offal anymore and for some reason people eat it voluntarily and unfortunately like god is making the point here in malachi he's like i'm going to lead you to to humiliation because of what you've done. You know, it, it kind of relates to the previous question, which is, hey, you are offering my worst, so I'm like, you will get in return the worst. Yeah. If you're offering your worst, you will get in return the worst. Fair. Fair fair enough. But it's yeah. amazing here, you know, God also, as you read through Malachi, there is repentance to be had. There is a turning of heart to be had as well. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and we have come to the end of the show this morning, Matthew. We have. It's just raced by. We've had such a fantastic time. We've been really blessed by the listeners as well, sending in quiz answers, getting questions correct, getting questions incorrect. But hey, nevertheless, we don't hold it against you, but we are just so stoked that you guys have been joining us on The Breakfast Show. We have a book to give away, as we always do at the end of the show, and the book we are giving away this morning, it's called Caveman Theology, Salvation Made Simple by Doug Batchelor. And obviously, the whole idea of caveman theology uh, is a reference to his own life, uh, Doug Batchelor, who famously lived in a cave for a period of time, now a famous pastor and evangelist, you know, an expositor of the truth. But again, he has this book here, Caveman Theology, and basically how it is that God is wanting to save us. And, and this is what we talked about. This is the question that a rich young ruler have. Jesus, Master, Rabbi, how is it that I may attain eternal, eternal life? And so this book is getting into that salvation made simple. We want to give it to you absolutely for free. 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you will go into the draw. Well, no draw. Guess what, guys? All you have to do is be the first one to text in the word book at 0491-064-669. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Remember to talk faith, live faith, and act faith. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.